Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And good morning, everybody. Uh, Handel here on a Monday morning, April 29th. Uh, on uh, Saturday in Poway uh, in uh, San Diego County, a gunman enters a Chabad of Poway and starts firing. 19-year-old suspect John T. Ernest arrested a short time later. Simply how he was arrested is a story. Chris Ancarlo, who uh, was there Saturday right after the shooting, has been covering that story, is uh, with us. All right, Chris, uh, if you could give us sort of the, uh, the background and then what's going on right now. Sure, let's work down the timeline here. So it was, uh, as you said there, in the morning, 11.23, and that's when the gunman walked into the uh, synagogue there. And according to a lot of the accounts that we've heard here over the last 48 hours, uh, as he walked in, saw the rabbi and pointed his weapon, which was an AR-style weapon, toward the rabbi, opened fire. The rabbi instinctively, uh, according to his account, basically putting his hands up um, and being hit in the hand, losing a finger in the uh, in the process. Uh, the gunman then turned his weapon and hit a 60-year-old woman. It was Lori Gilbert Kay. She ended up uh, dying from her injuries, apparently a, a gunshot wound somewhere to the, uh, to the chest. Um, and then it gets a little fuzzy in terms of what happened. Uh, a lot of the accounts, they run in tune with everybody doing what they can to get the kids out of there. And as they uh, they are rushing to get the kids out of there, there is an army veteran who ends up basically rushing back toward the shooter uh, and you know basically screams at the shooter in his most law enforcement type voice the shooter then takes off toward the um, toward the exit gets into his car uh, according to this guy's account he punches the car the, the the shooter starts to point the weapon at him and that's when the off-duty uh, customs and border patrol agent steps in so this guy was a member of the synagogue I kind of newly reformed member of the synagogue he uh goes to get his service weapon and he uh he opens fire on the car hitting it a couple of times and that's when Ernest takes off uh and he drives about two miles away from the synagogue and he calls uh, the California Highway Patrol and says listen I'm the guy that you're looking for and this is where I'm at uh there was a San Diego police officer who was listening to everything um on the radio he was en route to the synagogue here's the call that this guy could be um the shooter giving himself up just off the 15 he goes down there and Ernest, according to the account of the police officer jumps out of the vehicle immediately with his hands up he wanted to be taken into custody without violence uh and according to the accounts the ar style weapon was clearly visible in the in the car by the police officer so he was arrested at that point in time and then moving back to the synagogue uh that's when they realized that you you know they had 
four total injured um, and four total people that were taken to the hospital. Two of those people had been shot, the rabbi and Gilbert Kay, and then two people apparently had been hit by shrapnel. They were uh, they were also taken to the hospital. Um, and then uh, Lori Gilbert Kay was pronounced dead at the, uh, at the hospital. And the uh, rabbi, Israel Goldstein, saying that she took a bullet for all of us. He, he offered up some pretty emo- emotional remarks yesterday, uh, talking about the way that she was able to at least divert attention long enough. And, um, and then also just talking about the scene as her her husband, a doctor, tried to resuscitate her. Uh, he ended up, according to him, according to the rabbi, passing out in the process, and their daughter happened upon them, and, and he said it was the most gut-wrenching scream he's ever heard in his life as she saw both of her parents yeah, down you, on the ground. I mean, can you imagine someone is shot, uh, a doctor is on the scene and uh, is trying to resuscitate someone, and it's his wife. I mean, yep, that is, and, and the daughter sees all of this happening, and I just imagine the anguish, uh, the scream of anguish. Now, uh, I heard that the gun had jammed. Uh, is there any truth to that? That that detail hasn't really been fleshed out here over the last 24 hours or so. And I would say that if, if you're reading between the lines in terms of how this uh, how this happened, there's an argument to be made that, uh, that it probably did, just, to, you know... If somebody has an AR-style weapon, they've already proven that they are willing to use it, that they're willing to kill people, um, and that this 19-year-old had uh, posted you know, a hate-filled scree online and had allegedly made some remarks as he walked in um, that he would have continued to use it. And you know, as this Army veteran's rushing toward him, he did not use it uh, and instead fled. So... We're still waiting an official word on that. It was from the San Diego Sheriff Department. Uh, it was the sheriff down there, Bill Gore, who initially said, listen, there, it looks as though preliminarily speaking, there was some sort of weapons malfunction that brought this to an end. Because on Saturday night, you know, Saturday all through the day, that was my biggest question, which is why did this guy stop shooting? Why are there only four people that are injured in this? If he has gone to such lengths to initiate the attack and to emulate Christchurch and Pittsburgh, which is what he outlined in his manifesto that he posted on uh, 8chan. Um, why, why, why just stop? Yeah. And I think the the weapon malfunction is probably a, a key reason for that. Yeah, it's important to point out, too, that the synagogue was jammed full of people because uh, celebrating the last day of Passover. And uh, so there could have been, and uh, as you said, there could have been just mass casualties because it's a room full of people. No one is armed inside the synagogue, uh, although it's um, we don't they don't talk much about security uh, when uh, the synagogue that I belong to and my kids went to school at. Uh, we saw armed security all over the place, and we were told that there is a lot more that we don't even see. So I'd love to, to hear about, and we, that hasn't come out yet, what kind of security the synagogue actually had and uh, was, and why, well, and, you know, and why was, uh, uh, and a question I have, why didn't, why wasn't this guy, St- Ernest, stopped coming in if he had a assault weapon that could be seen? So there are all kinds of questions that I have. And the, the funeral, of course, happens very, very quickly. So I'm assuming that t- today, today today will be the funeral. Yeah. All right, Chris, thank you very much uh, for covering this for us. All right, Chris Ancarlo. Uh, Coming up, here's a question. Is it possible for California to become more liberal? Humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to share with you uh, some new bills that are introduced or and are about to be introduced. Yeah, yep. Uh, it's so wonderful to live here in California if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you're a human being, if you're anything. This is a great place to live. I'll share that with you when we come back. All right. Now, uh, California, long considered the most liberal state in the union, long considered the most liberal. Now, let me use the word most twice. All right. So uh, we have what is considered uh, by many uh, the most progressive policies in the country. Others will call them the most insane policies in the country. Plastic straws, for example. Uh, I just uh, had dinner last night uh, and uh, asked for, I went to a restaurant, asked for a plastic straw, and uh, the waiter said, oh, I'll be right back with it. And I jokingly said, you have to go to the vault to get the plastic straw? He said, basically, yes. Uh, Minimum wage uh, is going to increase to $15 by 2023. I'm okay with that. Uh, How much tech companies can use personal data by 2020? Uh, That's the California Consumer Privacy Act. Uh, Undocumented immigrants protected as a sanctuary state. And we have uh, millions of dollars for immigration-related services. Now, that's what's already on the books. Let's talk about proposals. And because this is California, there is a good to excellent chance that these, in fact, are going to be signed into law. Well, we have an unprecedented budget surplus, which we did at the end of Jerry Brown's tenure. Why? Because our willingness to adopt new taxes on wealthy households, gas taxes, corporate taxes. So let's move beyond that. And uh, we've got a tax proposal on the books that targets the top uh, 0.2% of companies, raises their corporate tax, this is state, from 8.84% to 10.84%, just 2%, right? No big deal. Well, uh, that's $2 billion and it would help fund education. Also increases the tax rate on corporations that have pay disparities between the executive and the average worker. Wow. So now California is going to get into the business of we're going to tell you how much you could, should pay your executives versus what you're paying for your worker folks. They're figuring that's $3 billion annually. And can you imagine a state doing that? We don't like uh, the executive disparity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for you. How about uh, telling us how to run our business? Uh, Assembly Bill 1332 uh, prohibits any state, city, county agency from creating or renewing a contract with vendors that provide services to Folks that are involved in immigration, like selling data to federal immigration agencies, providing detention facility support, pursuant to contracts, mind you, governmental contracts. Uh, Assembly Bill 392, uh, restrict officers employing deadly force. No longer reasonable standard, but necessary standard. And cops who use lethal force could face criminal charges if... Other enforcement photos or options were available. If you could have used a taser, and it doesn't matter. Here's the fun part. It doesn't matter whether the taser is going to work or not because there's no way to figure it out. So should if you could have used a taser, then you can't shoot the suspect, and it's criminal if you do. 
Well, how about the fact that tasers don't stop people a lot of the time? Doesn't matter. If you had the opportunity to use a taser, go for it. I mean, that's how nuts this is. Uh, a couple of gun uh, laws. Californians could only buy one long, gun, one long gun a month. Right now, it's only handguns within uh, 30 days. Uh, sexual assault. This is kind of interesting, actually. I didn't even know this. And uh, it, uh, it you know, actually makes sense in its own way. So um, uh, legislation immunize, immunizes sex workers from arrest when they report phys- violent crimes and prohibit arresting individuals who carry condoms as evidence of sex work. In other words, if you talk about being involved in some kind of a sex act and you're accused of for money, one of the things used to prove that you are a sex worker is if you're carrying condoms, which is every 13-year-old kid in the world in your wallet. I carried a condom in the hopes that I was finally going to score four years. You know what a condom looks like uh, five years after you've had it in your wallet? Exactly. Even in the even in its case, right? Even in a little package. Uh, also, there is a bill uh, that is being introduced uh, regarding blatant discrimination against the gay community and the registration of sex offenders. Right now, judges can use their discretion when an adult has vaginal intercourse with a minor. However, no discretion in ter- in putting a person in the registry if oral sex or anal sex is involved. That's automatic. Now, I got to tell you, that's a tough one to say. If you have this kind of sex, you automatically are put on the registry. But if you have this kind of sex, vaginal sex with a minor, it's up to the discretion of the judge. Man, you got me. Uh, And then you have Senate Bill 24, where the UC system and the CSU, Cal State University systems, must provide abortion services. Now, you think the feds are going to be happy about that one? You think the feds aren't going to stop every federal funding of every student? There'll be no federal student loans. There'll be nothing for the feds. I mean, we're talking about bill after bill. This just scratches the surface. I mean, it's going to be, well, I'm not going to say it's going to be a different way of living, uh, but it's just going to be more of the same. And uh, it's, well, you have to make your choice. You're willing to live in California, you have to live with this. And it's going to get worse or it's going to get better depending on which side of the coin you're on. And let's not forget the traffic, right? Yesterday, which should have been a 40-minute ride to the theater, ended up taking me an hour and a half. Oh, excuse me, hour 40. An extra hour of traffic. Hey, yeah! Tell me I'm not moving to Yemen where they don't have any traffic problems. That's what uh, the news director, Chris, and I were just talking about. He said it took Chris and Carlo almost three hours to get to San Diego to cover the shooting yesterday and then or Saturday. And then uh, my husband, Scott, was driving back from the bay uh, from here up to the bay, said it took him an extra half hour just because of traffic just being so like slow and going. Just on the an five. extra half hour. Well, it's already six, six and a half I mean, hours. I have driven to uh, Lagoon. I go to the pageant of the Masters every year. Yeah. And that should be a one-hour, 15-minute drive. Yeah. Last year, it was three hours. Oh. Yeah. And, worst... and I couldn't get a straw when I stopped off to get a drink. Now, right there. Okay. 
We're coming back. Moolah Monday with Jason Middleton. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And uh, good morning, everybody. Handle and uh, the morning crew on a Monday, April 29. Big stories that we are covering uh, that are certainly trending. Uh, the Poway Synagogue story that will be, be covered for most of the day. Saturday, last day of pa- Passover. Gunman comes in with a uh, assault weapon. And kills one, wounds four others, and the gun jammed. I guess that's the only miracle, if you will, uh, about uh, that incident. Also, Avengers Endgame. Man, what a movie. Shattered the record for the biggest opening weekend ever, ever. And uh, that certainly is a story that will be covered. I'm sure Mo Kelly has an awful lot to say about this for the next uh, two and a half months. All right. Now, uh A little bit on uh, national election news, because we're going to be obviously involved in politics uh, right up till the general election uh, next November, a year from November in 2020. And the person that has uh, probably the most difficult campaign problem, if you will, challenge is the president. Now, keep in mind that when he was elected, it was for change. It was drain the swamp. He was going to take an existing system and blow it up, which, by the way, he he did. Did you know that when he came down the escalator at Trump Tower to announce his candidacy, that that entire lobby was jammed? Right? We saw that in the video. Do you know he paid people off the street to come in? There was going to be nobody there other than some close friends, relatives. He had to pay people to come in. You think he has to pay people now to show up at any Trump event? So here's the challenge. He comes in saying, I'm going to change. I'm going to take Washington and blow it up, and you're going to help me do it. Well, what does he do now? He has made all of his successes. He will tell you over and over again that he effectively did straighten out Washington, that he obviously is the greatest president who did more for the people than anybody in the history of the United States. Uh, He had an 88-minute speech uh, at uh, the NRA the other night, uh, and he actually spent a few minutes asking the crowd Which way do I go with my campaign? Do I go with make America great again? Or do I go with keep America great? Because I've already made it great. And he asked the crowd uh, which slogan they preferred by, by the way, twice, uh, by the clapping. You clap and you can tell me which way you think I should go. And the results were inconclusive. They half said yes, half said the other way. And he said it's hard. It's the greatest theme in the history of American politics. Of course it is. How do you give that up 
And we're talking about the 2016 campaign, which is Make America Great. How do you give that up for a new one, Keep America Great? And so Trump has a, a real challenge here. He said, we may try to do both. And either way, of course, it is uh, the president doing the best job of branding ever in the history of politics. I'll tell you what, you can disagree with whether he is the greatest president who ever lived. He's done the most for the country. Uh, he has given the biggest tax cut. He has grown the country more so than anybody else. He inherited a disaster, which, of course, he didn't. But when it comes to him bragging, claiming he is the best brander of any president in history, man, you can't argue with that one. This man is a master of branding. So it was all about grievance when he came to the campaign in 2016. It animates his base, animates his core. And so now you can't animate the core by saying life is so crappy, we can't believe it, you need me. Because according to him, life is wonderful. And so that is a little bit of a conflict, contradiction, isn't it? And when you talk about his core, uh, his base of people were the least affected in a positive way by the economy doing as well as it did and as it's doing. Business is great. Professionals are great. They're doing wonderful. Uh, the base, which is, for the most part, uneducated, well, not uneducated, non-college educated, I mean, I'm being fair, non-college educated whites is his base. And they have done probably the worst well, African-Americans uh, probably worse because African-Americans, minorities, unfortunately, always do worse than everybody else. And we're not going to get into why, uh, simply because that's a socioeconomic issue with vast implications. But uh, it's his base. Do they buy it? Do they buy it? Because they bought the issue of we're getting nothing. We're being screwed by the system. We want better for us in America well, now uh, they have a president who has straightened it all out, who has made it better for everybody except them. So is it keep America great again or is it make America great again? And that becomes uh, a little bit of a problem. And he was in, remember that in 2016, it was insurgency. He was the outside businessman who was going to go to Washington to disrupt things. Well, he has. I mean, everybody agrees he is, in fact, a disruptor. Uh, and the establishment still doesn't know what to make of him. Everybody still reels about what he says and what he'll do and but what he claims. And his own administration contradicts him. No, he really didn't mean that. We're not going to go that, that way. The latest being uh, uh, that he's uh, letting people... Uh, immigrants out or migrants out and moving them to sanctuary cities where the Department of Homeland Security just said, we don't have any plans to do that. He said, we're already doing it. And so DHS doesn't even know about it. It's where does he go with this? Also, there's a big difference is that it's a very sophisticated campaign. Now he was the outsider, man. No one thought he was going to win. He didn't think he was going to win. That was his third go round. I mean, it was just weird. He was a joke for two of the campaigns. And when he started 
the 2016 campaign, he was considered a joke by, I'm guessing, the vast majority of the people. Obviously not to his constituency. Obviously not to his base. Well, now he is a sophisticated politician, at least in terms of the re-election campaign. He has unlimited money. He has obviously no rivals uh, as far as the candidacy is concerned. He has a truly professional organization, campaign organization, and they've got some thinking to do because which way is he going to go? And maybe you try to figure out both camps are going to be satisfied. The people that want change uh, and who now uh, or his base, are they going to be satisfied with, yeah, we want to disrupt. Yeah, we want to change things. Yeah, yeah. But now, well, he says he's going to change. He said he has changed. He's drained the swamp. Let me tell you, that administration is full of swamp. It's dripping with swamp. It's underwater with swamp. They're swimming in swamp. And that doesn't seem to bother anybody, certainly not his base. All right, uh, we're going to come back, uh, talk about the debate now. And this is Bernie Sanders land. Uh, Voting rights for people in jail. Felons. Can you imagine that's actually part of the conversation now? Hasn't been ever before on a presidential level. And I'll cover that when we come back. Uh, And I have a story at 920 I want to share with you. A personal story. A movie. Literally a movie, if you can believe that. That's at 920. All right. And then your chance to win some cash. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Interesting presidential campaign. Really, Handel? And uh, this is the the Democrats. And it's a big deal uh, for the Democrats because, as Joe Biden said, uh, well, not so much the future of America, which I think there's some language to that. I mean, there's some truth, but the future of the Democratic Party. So you didn't think you'd get into weird. Well, Bernie Sanders is getting into weird. For some reason, he's bringing up uh, voting rights for incarcerated people. Hmm. He is saying that everybody in prison, even mass murderers, should be able to vote. And, you know, most Americans actually are okay with uh, former prisoners voting. They've done their time. Uh, They have met all the conditions of parole. They're finished. And so why deny them the right to vote? That's what most Americans think. Now, it's very different about people who are already in prison or who are currently in prison. That's a different animal. And Bernie Sanders actually is out there singularly saying that everybody in America has the right to vote. You can't deny them their constitutional right to vote, which is kind of interesting because you're denying them their constitutional right to be out of prison, too. You have a right to be free and wonderful and do what you want in America. Although, in his case, it's make sure that every dime you make goes to the government. Uh, And he doubled down, by the way, on his position on Wednesday, last Wednesday. Uh, He said, uh, every American must be able to vote, period. And if Trump and Pence truly believed in freedom, they would work to make it easier for people to participate in the political process. Uh, Not harder, although I don't know how much harder uh, they're making it. Is Bernie Sanders wanting illegal aliens to vote, too? I mean, that's the only way that the president and Pence are going to make it harder I guess. I mean, you can argue that they're making it harder to vote, et cetera, but no. Now, uh, two states, Vermont and Maine, actually don't revoke felons' right to cast ballots. And they let them vote even when they're behind bars. I bet you didn't know that one. 
And I'll tell you why it's different, because it's not the federal government that determines who votes or not and how many ballots, uh, how many polling places there are. Even for presidential campaigns, every state has its own rules. Determining who votes is a state issue. And states can determine that people who are behind bars can vote. And for some reason, this has become part of uh, the national debate. And you got the presidential candidates spinning the Democrats. Well, I don't believe in that. I do. I, I, and what they're doing is they're all trying to get some kind of a middle ground. Uh, we should look at it. Kamala Harris is big on let's set up an organization to look at it. We should look at this. You talk about waffling. That's that's an easy way out. But critics are saying Sanders just simply crossed the line because there are a big difference between felons who are in prison for nonviolent offenses. And that's the other thing. A lot of people think uh, that, okay, you're, even if you believe that people in prison should be able to vote, why don't we differentiate those who are violent criminals with nonviolent crimes? Yeah, because I can assume the family of somebody who was murdered would say, hey, they took away my loved one's right to do anything. Yep. Why should they have the right to vote? Uh, absolutely. And so the politics of this, and right now Bernie Sanders is on his own out there. And is he going to make this a big campaign issue? You know that the people around him, his handlers, his advisors saying, Bernie, drop it. That is not an issue we want to talk about. But for him, it's become a big issue. What makes Bernie Sanders so attractive to so many people? He is a purist. He has not just become a Native American, for example. He has, boy, I love doing uh, Elizabeth Warren Knox, don't I? Uh, he has not just come aboard and have this progressive, liberal, and of course being called socialist view of the world. That's the way he's been, I think, since his bar mitzvah, probably. Can you imagine his bar mitzvah speech? I I can just imagine, because uh, every kid has a bar mitzvah speech, and usually they're totally crazy. I remember mine, uh, I <laughs> they shut me down instantly, because you have to show it to the rabbi. Uh, and uh, I literally started with, bar mitzvahs are a crock. They uh -oh. mean absolutely nothing. I swear, that was the beginning of my speech. And, and how old were you? 13. And oh. uh, they just shut it down, saying you are. So I ended up giving the traditional, um, and now a, a member of the community, and yada, 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 crap. Uh, so uh, Bernie Sanders, he he's the purest of the pure. All right. Coming up, Handle on the News, late edition, and 920, a personal story that happened to me over the weekend, uh, and it should be made into a movie. It literally should be made into a movie. Uh, so we have all of that coming up. All right, Jennifer Jones-Lee. And uh, good morning. Handle here and uh, the morning crew still have plenty to cover today. Uh, first of all, the Poway Synagogue shooting, uh, big news uh, all over the country. Uh, Avengers Endgame uh, shattered the record for the biggest opening weekend in the world. Uh, coming up at 920, a personal story I want to share with you regarding my daughter who's over in France. There should be a movie made out of uh, what happened. And then uh, do they have a case at 930? So that's our show today. All right. And uh, handle on the law, incidentally, phone calls that I'll be taking marginal legal advice after the show uh, off the air. Now, and I think it's fair to say that the biggest boondoggle in the history of the state of California is our high-speed rail project. 
totally mismanaged, totally over budget, uh, delayed by decades and over budget by tens of billions of dollars as of right now. And we still have another 15 years to go before this puppy is fully finished. Not that it ever will be because it won't. So we talk about mismanagement, overpayment, etc. There is a group that is responsible for a lot of our problems. And that is the consultants. The infamous consultants that companies and organizations bring in. And what these consultants who came together in a group of major corporations who offer consulting services assured the state, don't hire hundreds or even thousands of in-house engineers and rail experts because we consultants, we can handle the heavy work ourselves and we'll save you, the state of California, some money. And a lot of it. So here's our plan. 12 years to bore under the mountains, bridge rivers, build 520 miles of rail bed at a cost of $33 billion. And so what happened? The state officials followed that advice. And uh, the high-speed rail line, as far as the government oversight, was a tiny little staff. Here we are, 10 years later. And that decision has proved to be a disaster, a total miscalculation. Because now, these very high-paid consultants have underestimated the difficulty, the money, the length of time. And what they do, incidentally, is they manage every aspect of the job. They direct the day-to-day construction work in the Central Valley. It's the only place going on. They negotiate with the farmers to buy the land. They look at the geological conditions. They produce the reports, tens of thousands of them, of pages. They attend the community meetings. And any other consultant that is hired, they oversee. Consultants overseeing consultants who then hire consultants. So, warnings. Big warnings to the state since 2010 about the weakness in state staffing because the rail authority believed that, in fact, these consultants would reduce costs and the state doesn't uh, have to hire a large permanent workforce. Well, that didn't work. So here we are 10 years after we approved the rail uh, line going in, and now the project is $44 billion over budget. A $33 billion project, which is enormous, is now $44 billion over that budget and 13 years behind schedule. So now we're looking at 15 years before it comes on, assuming that this projection works. And uh, Newsom said, we're going to get rid of a lot of consultants. So how do we do this? Well, the problem is consultants are already baked into the system. It's hard to get rid of them. Why? Well, because all the work are in offices rented by the consultant. The software is the property of the consultants. Consultants are very powerful politically, making major contributions to support the political campaign in 2008 for the bullet train uh, bond. And who's in this consultant field? Former high-level bureaucrats, former executives who occupied the key government posts to make these decisions. And so they know everybody there. 
because uh, these major figures leave their assistants who have been there for a zillion years, now make the decisions. Man, you talk about uh, the inner workings. You talk about nepotism, if you will. Now, to be fair, uh, consultants are a routine part of a whole lot of state construction project. But the high-speed rail is in a league of its own. According to an Oxford University professor who has studied high-speed rail projects around the world, he says, if you depend on consultants to know what you're doing, you're in real trouble. And the big consulting firm uh, that we're dealing with is WSP. It's a Montreal-based, Montreal-based uh, international engineering firm. That's the main consulting firm to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. They've been involved in a lot of giant engineering projects. Some were terrific, won awards, and other ones went over budget and passed deadlines by a long shot. Remember Boston's Big Dig? They did that decades uh, uh, too long or many years uh, it, over the time it was supposed to be built. Way over budget. The Honolulu Light Rail Project, a transit system in St. Louis, all of uh, those projects which went south horribly were involved were involving WSP. And incidentally, we are going to face huge hurdles because right now, as of today, Monday, April 29th, the rail system, the rail project is $44 billion over budget and delayed by 13 years. What do you think is going to happen five years from now? This thing is never going to get built, incidentally, never. It's going to be a project where you're going to be looking at miles and miles of rail, and you're going to see weeds going up between the rails, between the uh, between the tracks. Man, welcome to California, and think how much we're going to be end up paying for this. It's when when, are, when they cut it off, and say it's no longer tenable, uh, uh, except between I think Merced. And Bakersfield, do oh, I have yeah. that right? Yep. Uh, that you'll be able to go on. So you take a normal, you drive up to Merced, or you take a train to Merced, and then you jump on the high-speed speed rail, and you look at the sheep stooping next to you, uh, but you have to look very carefully because you're going 200 miles an hour. Then you stop at, in Bakersfield, and there you are. You get off, and you vacation in Bakersfield. It's a beautiful vacation spot. Uh, there's lots to see. Uh, sagebrush there's a lot to do uh they have all their rides uh, that involve sheep uh it's uh okay it's quite a getaway you're describing that's uh, that's people pay big money for that wow. all right also when we come back oh the story i want to share with you uh the, the 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 story that should be made into a movie regarding my daughter regarding b Marjorie, what we did over the weekend boy that's fun and your chance to win some cash gary Yes, sir. You're up, and what is happening? Uh, well, Chris Carlo spent the weekend covering that synagogue shooting down in Poway. We'll talk more with him. Bad news for Boeing. More people are now, uh, more whistleblowers are talking about exactly what went on in um, uh, Boeing in their 737 MAX issue, plus recaps of Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame and my daughter's prom. Oh, there you are. Oh, that's right. I missed uh, Game of Thrones last night, and uh, my daughter saw it, and she said it was the most amazing thing she's ever seen. So the reviews are, well, she's a Game of Thrones nut. 
And uh, the reviews for Avengers is insane. And it looks like everybody on the planet saw Avengers yeah. except me. I didn't see it. Either. Oh, that's two of us. Yeah, right? I didn't. I, I, there, I have zero to. desire to see it oh, no, I have around to. 700 of my closest friends. Right. Uh, but I, I, this one you have to see. I mean, there is because they need the money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Disney's struggling after this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And also, uh, handle on the law. Phone calls uh, where I will give you marginal legal advice off the air for future broadcasts. 877-520-1150. Call me right now if you want. Top of the hour, 877-520-1150. Up next, Gary and Shannon. All right, Gary. Have a good show. Thank you, sir. This is KFI AM 640. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.